Welcome back to Nach Yomi. We're going to be moving through the 19th Perek, the 19th chapter of Sefer Yehoshua today as we move one Perek at a time through Nach. We are going to start, this Perek actually covers a lot of detail in terms of the inheritance of the seven tribes. Remember what we've seen is the inheritance of the tribes on the east bank of the Jordan, that's Ruvain and Gad and Chatzishev Benashe. We've seen the inheritance of Yehuda and Yosef, including Ephraim and Menashe on the west bank of the Jordan. And, uh, and then the remaining tribes are now inheriting their middle swath of land now, in the remaining territory, which is semi-conquered territory. We saw Binyamin getting his section, and now in the remaining, in our chapter, we deal with those last six tribes. So it starts off with Shimon, Shimon who gets partially his own chelek, and partially within Yehuda. Zavulun gets his chelek, Yisachar, Asher, Naphtali, and finally Dan. And that is the, the description of all the land they get. And there's a specific description of the cities and borders of those of those territories. I'll try to send out a map of just to get a sense of where we're looking at. We're mainly looking at um, at northern Israel over here. And um, unlike the borders of Israel today, um, the, this goes actually into the country Lebanon today. So, you know, the, the Israel of the times of Sefer Yehoshua was sort of shifted further north than we have it. It did not not go down to Eilat yet. It was uh, in the southern reaches of the Beresheva region. But it went up further, it went up to, uh, up to, well into Lebanon, to where we have now, which is where the territory of Asher was. Now, um, as we move through this Perak, although there are a lot of nitty-gritty geography details, there's, there's a, a couple of points just to ponder. Point number one to ponder is um, is that when describing the, the Nachala of Dan, there's an interesting uh, sort of twist which is described, and that is is that it says, That Dan went out and made an ex- extra conquest of a city called Leshem, and then he went and settled there, and he called it Leshem Dan. Interesting. Now, if we look, as we're going to be doing, and probably in a month's time we'll get towards the end of Sefer Shoftim, that's the, the rate we're going, um, we'll see that actually the, the story's expanded upon a bit there. There the city's called Laish, but the Mepharshim say Laish and Leshem is the same city. And if you look actually in the map, this city that Don went out and conquered was not in their territory. In fact, the extra details are to be found in, say, in Sefer Shoftim, Perekir Ches, and the, it goes as follows. Dan could not fit fully into their territory. Now, part of the reason they couldn't fit into their territory because there were, there were a lot of them, but also they weren't able to conquer the territory around them, meaning the, Can- the, Amorite who, the Amori who were in their territory were too strong for them. So what did Dan do? Instead, as the Malbim and the Radak explained it based on the Pesukim and Shaftim, instead of conquering their local seven-nation Canaanites who are surrounding them, what did they do? They went up to this place, Laish, which is far north. It's in deep in Lebanon. It's further than the, the territory of Asher, far, far north, and conquered it, meaning they were searching out an easy way to make their conquest. Now, that's a little, that's a little telling about what's going on over here. Rather than doing the work that was necessary right in front of them, and the midst of the conquest of the seven nations, they found a, found a vulnerable nation. We can see that they specifically picked Leshem and Laish, because their, the Laish's allegiances were to a, another country up north, 
and they felt that the other country wouldn't come to their aid. Meaning to say, Don was picking a, a vulnerable target as opposed to doing the mitzvah of conquest of the land of Israel. And this really sets the tone for something going wrong over here. They're not prepared what to do what they're supposed to, but they're trying to find somewhere else. Point number one to ponder. Point number two to ponder is there's something extremely telling about leadership at the end of the parak. And then it goes like it goes like this in the 49th Pasuk. It says, Vayitnu b'nei Yisrael they gave Yoshua a chalak. That means Yoshua himself finally got his 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 own land, and it was in a place called Timnas Serach, or as it pronounced in Sefer Shoftim, Timnas Cheres. Now, this is interesting. First thing is you notice that the leader gets lost. After everything is said and done, that's when the leader gets his territory. So no one can ever say, oh, Yoshua, you are getting your beautiful you know, French Riviera. No, Yoshua was the one who got at the very end of this whole business. Number two, the Mephorshim, the Radak, as an example, suggest that the reason why it was called Timnas Cheres, in the way it's described in Sefer Shoftim, was at the beginning it was very dry and infertile land meaning he did not take for himself the best portion of land. This is a person who's clear, clearly his ideal system was the conquest and division of the land, his leadership, not himself. You know, if, uh, you know so th- thinking, thinking to, uh, to more, more contemporary times, I was discussing this with Dr. Shalev the other evening, and he said, you know, you can look at all politicians, you know, um, and certainly in Israel and, and abroad, and you sort of see, you know, one of the most telling things to know about, you know, an honest leadership was, well, what did they what did they end up with? Meaning, how did they pass away? Did they pass away with a two bedroom the two bedroom um, f- um you know apartment in Tel Aviv and that was it, or did they have you know Swiss funds and you know apartments in- international you know apartments all o- and and uh, um, condos all around the world? You know they say about the first president of Israel, a man by the name of Yitzhak Ben Svi, that uh, he he there was a point in time where he earned less in his salary than the driver of his car. And when confronted about this, his response is, and to quote, in my opinion, as long as we are required to, uh, as long as we are required to, f- to fulfill two important commandments, bringing in our brethren and absorbing them here, and increasing our security and independence, given the external threats we face, we dare not be dragged into raising our standard of living. In fact, interestingly enough, he was outvoted by, his, uh, by, by the government to raise his salary against his own will. But here we're talking about, you know, the Havdil, and we're coming back to Yoshua. We're talking about a person whose single focus was the division of the land of Israel. At the end of the day, they said, B'nai Israel said to him, Yoshua, you need, a, you need a portion, and they gave him his own land. But that wasn't the focus. That wasn't why he was doing it. A really a hallmark of true leadership. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.